for agility's sake. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kyle Spitzley. With me today is Mr. Tom Fox. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day. Good day to be alive. Thank you, Kyle. Happy to be here. Yeah. Awesome. So we spoke about six months ago. It was last October. And so just wanted to check in and see uh, you know, what's happened since we last spoke with the Agile transformation at Amway. And kind of obviously there's a big elephant in the room, you know, with the, the COVID-19 as the global pandemic. That's affected how things are working at Amway and for our team. So I'll uh, you know, pass the mic over to you and just let you kind of give our audience an update on what's been going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Before I get started, I just want to send out um, my thoughts and prayers to those that are listening to this that may have had family that are impacted by this, either economically or or medically. Um, the, the Amway community is there to support you. Um, we're behind you 100%. And, uh, and also to those essential workers that are out on the front lines, be it in ICUs uh, where people are really fighting the fight, um, or even those individuals that are going into manufacturing plants and, and producing those sort of items that we need to continue uh, living out our life. So thank you to everybody. We uh, uh, hope to kind of dedicate this in a way to, to all of you. Thank you. Um, so with us, obviously, it's been a huge impact. I think that, uh, you know, we're a team of coaches. so. We put a big premium on being in the same physical space. Uh, not only is that an agile mantra, this idea of co-location and really uh, forming a team bond and reducing those barriers between individuals, um, but also for coaching. It's a very important part for us to be able to uh, read body language, uh, have those side conversations, to pick up the hallway conversations. And, and so when we were entering into this, uh, when Amway announced that we were all going to be working from home, uh, it was a, a, a new world for us. We didn't know what to expect. I, I think that there was probably some anxieties around what was going to happen there. And it's certainly true. You, you miss a bit. Um, but what we have found is we're staying as busy as ever. The demand is, is very robust for us. Um, and teams are looking for support on how they can collaborate effectively, even though they may not be in the same space. Um, and I, I think what has stood out to me is that we're learning that we just how empathetic we have to be with each other. And in some ways, I think that there's a, a positive on this, which is as much as you can have with a global pandemic, um, that it's taking away some of those things we take for granted, how we naturally read body language or just the the small advantages of, of, of hallway conversation we pick up um, and, and forcing us to focus on some of those those deeper elements that uh, really establish connections. So how do we drive trust? By having real deep dialogues about what's going on in people's lives, who they are, about finding ways to be vulnerable. And this has made us all vulnerable. You know, I, my hair, mm -hmm. not to make light of the situation, but my hair doesn't look nearly as beautiful uh, on the team's chats or the team streams as it did maybe uh, two months ago. All right, <laughs> we all had to kind of reduce those barriers, uh, professionalism, or those not facades, but how we presented ourselves and get down to the real people. And so that part has been great. And I think we're in a time right now, as difficult as it is, where we're being reminded of what we can do as, as mankind, to speak in very broad terms, um, to, to kind of band together and support one another. Um, and I think that that's probably tapped back into some of that spirit that we all have as people, where we want to care about people and, and, and work out well. So that's the part I would point out to the most. I think uh, we talk inside of our team, Kyle, you know, about um, some of the, the our caring for our own health. Even if we don't have COVID, 
Um, I had shared that tweet within the team that uh, someone said, listen, I've been a remote worker for years. Working from home is not the same thing. It's a lot harder. I am doggone exhausted. Uh, and I think that's another part of this too, right? It goes in that empathy part where we start to learn about what we're all dealing with as the gravity of all these tough situations weigh on us. Um, and we're in this work from home situation, which is fatiguing. It's tough to go meeting to meeting to meeting and, and try and take away some of those um, subconscious ways that we had of interacting and have these new ways that we really have to focus on. So uh, it becomes really important for us to care for each other and care for ourselves, even if you are just working on a team stream, right? We're not in an ICU, but it, it's still tough for us. So yeah, those are the lessons I think that have stood out most for yeah. me. Yeah, you know, the, the kind of the, the difference between working remote and or being a remote worker versus everyone's working from home. I've had a conversation with a number of people who've said, I'm just exhausted. I'm just burnt out. I've got, you know, 30 hours of video chat calls every week and then add to that the work I have to do. Um, and that's it's a lot for someone to do to be tethered to a, you know, a phone or a laptop for that long and to be on. And then to say, like, I'm actually sitting at my house right now to to take a break for me is to walk out into the fray of young children and you know my <laughs> wife and like yeah. a family that wants something more. And as soon as I walk out the door, and so there's no break when I leave, you know, the the room. Like I could leave at the office, I can leave my desk and go be by myself outside. I could go for a walk, you're right. But here, as soon as I walk out, if I want to go for a walk, I've got to get my kids prepared because they want to go. Yeah. And so now yeah. it's a big ordeal for everybody to go. And so there's almost like this desire to, I just need a day off or I just need a, a vacation, but well, I can't really go anywhere. Like I wouldn't want to go anywhere if I took a day off from work. So I'd still be at home. And it wouldn't feel like a day of rest. It wouldn't yeah. feel the same, you know, yeah. if, if I was taking it off from the office. So you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, it's been a, it's been an interesting and trying time. But I think what I've seen from Amway, it's just been the response Amway has had both towards the employees and towards the communities and towards the ABOs. Yeah. It's incredible. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of stories out there. What are some of the stories where you've seen Amway kind of stepping up into its own culture and showing its true colors? Yeah, it's been, um, you know, when you work in any large organization, you're going to have days where you're like, gosh, it's a tough day and it's a struggle inside the company. Um, and you can look inside of any organization, no matter how proficient it is. And Amway is certainly a great organization and you can find things to pick on for if we can only get better at this. And this is certainly true when you're going through an agile transformation. You can't, you can never be agile enough to an agilist, right? So we can kind of look yeah. at it and say, these are the things where, man, I, I only wish that my organization could do it, be it Amway or any other organization. Um, but uh, at a time like this, when you see your organization, um, uh, you know, for example, take, I think it was 20,000 gallons of ethanol, which seems like an astronomical number, uh, and turn that into hand sanitizer in under two weeks and distribute it for free to your local communities, um, or uh, get exposed to what our corporation, and I'm sure many other corporations uh, have done around the globe. Uh, you know, you hear stories from Korea about the donations that are going on there or the support that's been done for the people that we work with, the customers and Amway business owners um, that we have here. Um, same for Japan, um, how they support people working from home and care for their health and the yoga classes that they're putting together inside of the organization um, or the outreach that they have in China where they are, uh, you know, donating supplies and helping the local communities. Um, that is, it just reaffirms the faith that you have and, and the mission that you have to kind of come to work and try and help 
the company that you work for. Again, be it Amway or any of the other companies that are doing great things. Um, help them continue to be successful because it, it has, uh, when the chips are down, real world implications. And so it's great inside of our community. It gives me a deep sense of pride for a company that probably takes a lot of hits um, outside of those people that are close to it, right? I didn't know anything about Amway before I joined, uh, but it's been a totally different story when I've gotten on the inside of it. So that's that's been great. I've loved that story there. Um, and then just as I mentioned before, as mankind kind of comes together, how do we band together? Seeing the people out walking has been wonderful. You get and see families spending more time together, which is ultimately a good thing. My heart goes out to all those parents that are suddenly learning how to be teachers at home. My wife yeah. has been doing that for a couple of years and I got a front row seat to what that's like. And it's not easy. So doing that while also balancing your job, um, you know, that's another kind of essential work that's you you can't um, celebrate too much, right? Uh, so yeah. there's that piece, seeing the families come together, it's been a great story. And our family, uh, thankfully, my family's healthy and safe and they, they all have their jobs. But my wife has taken to sewing uh, face masks and handing those out to friends of ours. Um, we I encourage other people to do this. We are doing the Zoom meetings with our families and friends so we can have that personal time with them and show support. Uh, in a personal sense, I lost my father last year. Um, and so I, I care about my mom a lot and I'm not, I can't be next to her. She's two hours away. So how do we make sure we're supporting her? So as a, a family, we make sure that we're keeping in contact with her because it's a lot of sense of isolation for her. So, um, you know, it's going that extra mile. And again, it goes back to us having to learn the ties that really bind us. It's not all, there's a bunch of other stories in the press that can occupy our time. And, and I don't want to minimize those, but at the end of the day, it's the human connection that, that really matters. And there's a lot more that brings us together than separates us. And, yeah. and hopefully out of all this unfortunate circumstances, this tragedy really, we're able to, to get a, reacquainted with them. Yeah, and we know we have to grow from this. You know, I, I'm yeah. really sorry to hear about your dad. And I know you're mm-hmm. living in isolation like your mother right now. I've got a, my grandmother's in the same situation where you just, you can't go visit. So it's really tough. You got to find new ways to to interact um, that maybe you're not used to. It's, it's definitely something that fits in with our, you know, our culture initiative of, of love to learn. Right now, you don't have a choice, yeah. right? You have to learn. Like, you've got to adapt. Um, so from an individual perspective, thinking about the different like the different ways of interacting for us as a team at Amway we've got a team of coaches who are usually going out and with a, a group of people they're doing workshops and working sessions with sticky notes on whiteboards and and you know like you said they're reading the body language of the room and kind of observing behaviors and so that has dramatically shifted in the past couple of months to where now our coaches are having to learn how do I do this from a how do I facilitate this remotely and how do I what, what checkpoints or, or check-ins, pulse checks, whatever you want to call them, how do I read the people that I'm involved with to understand where they're at? How do I assess what they're struggling with and concerned with? And so I know for us as a team, it's been a really um, just a kind of a, a call it the jerk, right? Like a, a jerk um, moment where all of a sudden the world has shifted and everyone's experiencing this. And we're, so we're, we're going through it together, which is really nice. And I like your comment about the seeing the people out walking. Um, we've become very familiar with our mailman and the UPS <laughs> delivery guy. Like we're getting to know the local community, right? The neighbors, the people that we didn't normally interact with because of our busy lives. But I want to kind of bring this back to, to the agile transformation and what we're doing at Amway right now. So what's been going on? Um, where are we focusing? What are we struggling with? And and 
where do we go? Where are we going next? Sure. Yeah. You know, in our, our transformation, um, there was already um, changes underway for us to respond to new opportunities in the market that we we're taking that were going to result in, in organizing teams. And I think that that's been put into warp speed with uh, COVID, where we've had to pivot teams and react to circumstances that span across the entire globe, the, the, far, the entire reach of our enterprise um, in very common ways. And so we're seeing this um, the themes I'm dealing with lately are seeing this, uh, these principles of the Tuckman stages of development, which are norming, forming, storming, and performing, and, and how those show up, which is a theme that we deal with every single day in an agile transformation office. If you're coming in and changing how teams operate, they re-enter these Tuckman stages. What I wouldn't even... I wouldn't necessarily call them stages. They're more like phases, right? Stuck, Tuckman calls them stages, but I've seen someone write about how they're really phases that can live. You can have several of them active at the same time. You can be forming in one sense and storming in another and performing in another. Um, so it's, it's a concept that we deal with a lot, but it's been put into stark relief now when you're dealing with COVID. And so uh, I am working with teams to try to bring to light uh, what that means when you're going through this, not just for the teams and the transformation that we're on, but the teams that right now have a lot of stuff going on in their head, but they're kind of questioning a lot of the, the parts of the society that they've come to rely on, uh, you know, the economic system, supply chain system, education system, medical system, right? It puts them into a mental headspace where um, they're going to have natural reactions. Uh, so uh, for me, a big focal point is, hey, let's, as a leader, Let's practice psychological safety. Let's understand the difference between vulnerability and trust, right? Um, let's understand the difference between trust and psychological safety. And uh, let's use that to inform how we start to read into these teams. Again, being highly empathetic with them so that we can understand that for a lot of our teams right now, they're gonna be looking outwardly at circumstances that are beyond their control. And that's where their focus is going to be. And how do I, as a leader, without reducing their autonomy, make them feel empowered to solve the problems that they have inside of their team and use that to influence the outside world that is going to feel limiting to them, right? Because to your point, I'm I'm sitting in my home all day and I'm in a confined space and I can't go very far. So it automatically starts to make me feel as though I'm confined, I'm obstructed, and I'm impeded. Um, and I'm probably going to bring that to work, especially if I'm in an environment where the work that I do has been changed a lot and I have to establish those new moorings and build trust, even within a team that I've worked with for a long time. Um, and when it comes to being an effective leader, that's a big part of this, is, is looking at your team and not being directive with them. You know, you wanna be a gardener, if you're gonna talk about Stanley McChrystal, or as somebody else pointed to me, maybe a cultivator would be a better term to use for it. If we're gonna be a cultivator, not a chess player, we got to figure out how to influence our team without being directive and being a classic resource manager. And the way to do that is by looking at these team dynamics. Uh, and so psychological safety is something I'm working on uh, for workshops internally inside the organization. It's a position I'm espousing a lot. Um, I got a nice article on it today where someone was talking about how it's going to be really important for remote workers for them to redefine trust and be very conscientious about making sure that they establish really deep trust so they can know when somebody else is in another room, in another house, in another part of the city or the country, that they are delivering something that's going to complement the work that I'm doing, right? How can I have that high trust and not question it? Uh, that's been a big, I think, the big theme for me personally. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, this makes me think about, you know, we, we talk about agility with a lot of teams at a team level or at a department level. 
and kind of you know one of the challenges we're working on right now is how do you scale agility yeah. um, across the organization because the organization does have to work together we do have to have our things we're working on have to complement each other i think about like the the supply chain situation um with just around the globe with every manufacturer every company that's dealing with supply chain right now that's a good example of if there was ever a need for mm -hmm. agility it's right now like in that yeah. space it's obvious right that, that this kind of stuff and they've done actually some of the companies have done a really good job of pivoting and solving the problem amway's yeah. done that like we've had an explosion you know in the um, the number of orders from abos and customers for our our home care products our nutrition products and so yeah. our supply chain has had to figure out how do we deal with that you know we've never had that kind of influx um so when i think yeah. about it from a large scale enterprise agility is really important right now because it's going to allow you to be positioned to um, leap on that next market opportunity because coming out of this the world is changing like the market opportunities are changing the way you know school systems work the way that the government works all the things that we have taken just kind of as they are and grown up knowing them that way and watch them slowly change this is one of those kind of moments where it's kind of a, a hard shift it's a much more dramatic change than the the slow iterative changes that we're, we're we're used to so for me this is the perfect time for us to be talking about organizational agility or business agility uh, with a broader organization so when you think about for amway well we've seen examples of it you know in the past couple of months just in how we've the, the company has responded um, to those those new demands and been really awesome at supporting the employees i'm just really impressed with how they've they've taken care of the employees um, but when you think about where we're going as a company and what that uh, this experience of COVID-19 has brought to light, what do you think is going to be the most uh, difficult challenge for us to overcome? I'd say as a as Amway overall and then as an agile transformation office trying to affect that that change and help drive some of that change. Yeah. I think the biggest challenge is the, the challenge for Amway is the same challenge for us as a species. Again, I, I feel weird talking in these broad contexts, but I think it makes sense for what is truly a global pandemic. And it's going to be um, how do we regain a sense uh, of, of calm and, and security and reassuredness after having something that um, is such a deep threat to all of us, right? Whether we're sick or we're caring for family members or loved ones, um, and and has exposed, for lack of a better term, limitations in in the the systems we rely on. Right. Supply chain systems, not an Amway supply chain system, but just you know a a, a global or a national supply chain system, education systems, medical systems. Um, so how do we regain that sense of um, sanctity, right? Um, but I think that it'll also be paired again with the point I made earlier that the, the human ingenuity can overcome this, right? The kids are getting educations. The teachers, my sister's a teacher, and she is busting her tail to make sure that kids are cared for and still getting mm -hmm. the, themselves forward. Uh, obviously, the medical field has done a remarkable job under the most difficult of circumstances responding to that. I don't know any physicians directly, but in a prior career, I had uh, been deeply involved with the medical community. And so my heart goes out 
to those people that are doing that because I, I can imagine how grueling that is. And the same with all the other systems. So it's a balance of how what's the new normal going to be coming out of this because it will be different. Um, and then what lessons do we take from how we responded to this and how do we apply those back to our life? We're not going to all be remote forever. That's not, you know, you hear people talk about that. That's not reality. We're going to move back to being in the same space and that's a good thing. Um, but what lessons do we apply in this? Hopefully it's the empathy, being able to be more empathetic to each other and, and focus on a deeper understanding and not just take for granted those things, those cues we pick up on instinctively, right? Um, so that's, I think, the Amway response is the same one as the rest of the globe. Well, how do we use that ingenuity to respond to the the new world that we're going to enter into once this all settles down, right, and, and passes? Um, within our team, I think for us, um, it's just presented all new opportunities. To your point, not that I want to view this as an opportunity because a, a global pandemic is by no means an opportunity. It's just simply a tragedy, um, but it does underscore the case for why agility, what role it has to play in society. Uh, and that uh, is, you, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? We had plans inside of Amway, uh, just like every other company did, for what the world was going to be like in 2020. And those plans are gone. Right now, yeah. we're still trying yeah. to forge ahead with them, but there's a brand new set of plans that are taking precedent and they have to. And that is how do we keep our organization running so that we can keep employing people? Um, and more importantly, how do we support the communities that we're a part of, uh, either through donations or just by supplying goods and services that uh, are needed to help all of us respond to this, right? We have a part in the game there. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that that's. Um, the, the opportunity we have to be ready to take advantage of there is, is a team um, with that business case. It is how do we um, use this to underscore inside of our organization that the continued march towards agility is a never ending journey. I think with a lot of teams, what we see right now is this sense of I, I'm going to work it to a certain point and then I'm done working with the coaches. And I'm going to move on to my other things. And what we're saying is no, the term agile. It's an important term. We should maybe throw it away and think of it as continuous improvement. And that's an exercise that never stops. You, it, COVID is telling us the status quo is never something you could never rely upon anymore. If that world is gone. The status quo is going to be ever evolving. And so this principle of continuously improving and building a new and better status quo each and every day is one that we've got to take to heart. Mm -hmm. Because the next time a pandemic comes along or something you know, smaller scale and maybe that we would welcome more easily, like business disruption, uh, we can be better positioned to receive it and respond to it and and continue to be a company that's providing goods and services that benefit the broader world, right? And I think that becomes our broad focus in the ATO. Um, right now, the focus is how do we help teams facilitate remote work? Um, and we're doing that through a combination of new tools, digital tools that replace some of the physical tools we'd had and then um, and lessons on, on the amount of time and focus you need to put on this and how to read language on a Teams chat and how to maintain deep connections and be much more intentional about those so that the uh, you, you continue to build that trust going back to the yeah. yeah, it makes me think about my experience over the past you know decade looking at kind of the, the projects where we had an international presence um, and the projects where we had kind of a local team. And I've always preferred that that local team just because you've got you're in the same space, you can use visual management tools, you get to use physical boards, that kind of stuff. 
Um, but there are projects where we have international presence and we have to collaborate around the globe across time zones and with people we can't necessarily be in the same room with every day. And so it's always been like a preferred one over the other. And I think this is it's, it's true for me. It's probably true for other people, too. But do, going through this experience for the last couple of months has really gotten me more comfortable with how would I work com- like with a team that I never really sat with? How would I work with them and what tools would we use? And so we've all been learning these things together, learning new tools to kind of fill those gaps and those needs that we have. So it's been a really, um, I mean, as as sad as the situation is, it's been a lot of learning as a team. And and I almost feel like while we're, we're totally isolated and separated from one another, it's, I feel closer to my teammates than I did before. And I think it's just because we're going through a shared tragedy, like we're going through, you know, shared struggle and the team's been great to be that you know be there for each other and support each other and give each other a break or grace where we need it um yeah and so it's it's amazing i can't wait to go back in the office and to see everybody you know to, to be able to high five and <laughs> give people a hug um yeah, that's probably l- longer down the road but um that's that's i'm super excited about that it just to me it brings that um the culture of amway to life you know kind of just the way the team is interacted and the way the team's working together i see the team learning new things, you know, and that fits with our, our love to learn. I see, you know, people leading with their heart and making sure that, you know, they take time to have a personal conversation. Almost every one of our, our meetings that we have, a virtual conference, you start out with kind of like, you know, how's the family doing? How are things going in your house? Because I can see you, you're there, you're in your house, right? I'm asking you about your personal life. And that stuff is kind of just bleeds more into the conversations throughout the day. And so I see the people leading with their heart more often. And um so the 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 fit to the culture or just kind of seeing that culture come to life in this scenario has been really inspiring to me and it it goes back to what we talked about earlier where amway is providing for the community you know we're really trying to um and i've been impressed by the way that the the organization has stepped into its its role as part of this community um i think about your your you know you mentioned the ethanol that they turned into hand sanitizer I was talking with my brother this morning. He works at an ethanol plant uh, about 45 minutes from here. And so he runs their machines, uh, does QA for them. And there's only like two guys working at the company right now. Um, but he was, he sent me a video. He's pumping ethanol into a truck and basically it's hand sanitizer. They turned ethanol into hand sanitizer. So the plant he works at takes the corn, turns it into ethanol and then sells it as fuel. But now what they're doing is they're turning it into ethanol and then converting that to hand sanitizer. But they're doing that um, as a way to stay in business. Like that's how they're surviving because yeah. nobody's consuming ethanol as a fuel source right now. It's just really low demand. And so they're doing that to survive. And so when I look over, I see Amway just taking their, you know, their reserves of ethanol, turning them into hand sanitizer and just throwing them out to the community and saying, here you go, have this. When they didn't even ask for it and they're not even you know, asking for any kind of payback. It's just we want to help people. And I love to see that that commitment to the, the community. And this is happening all around the globe. You know, Grand Rapids just feels local because we live here. Uh, yeah. But it's just so impressive to see that happen. And I love yeah. to see how the culture is coming to life. Yeah, that's it. Live to Serve is another one of our, our uh, cultural principles that we're trying to introduce more deeply in the organization. Like you said, lead with heart, love to learn, and live to serve. Um, and, and we are learning how we serve one another. Um, and so I'm sure it's the same for you, right? When you're 
fortunate enough right now to not have your industry being impacted and you uh, have the benefit of being able to continue to earn a living wage, um, you right now, more than ever, you feel that connection that the rest of the community has on you. So for us, it's very important to be ordering carryout where we can from those organizations that are remaining open. So we've got a local yeah. brewery that's been able to remain open and it's a close part of our community and we always valued it but you realize how deeply you cherish it and re uh, rely upon it and the personal connections we establish whenever we go in there, even with my face mask on uh, to pick up the, the weekly order, um, you understand that that's feeding somebody else, right? Um, and they yeah. traditionally, it seems like they serve us. We go in there, we pay the money, and then they give us the food and the beer or whatever it's going to be. Um, but we realize now how much uh, we serve them. And when I say we, I mean inside of my family, right? It's just, again, brought that back into stark relief, to use that term again, that it's actually much more symbiotic. We're serving them as much as they're serving us. That money is not a small part of the transaction and, right. and sustaining each other, right? Um, and that is awesome. Um, it's just almost overwhelming emotional time to see um, how much we can care for each other. And, and I think probably why I'm hitting on those themes of, of safety and trust and vulnerability, because those are all big themes. We're all vulnerable. We all want to feel safety. Um, we all are learning how to trust one another and, and how we've come to rely upon each other in these subconscious ways um, and in ways that now requires to be very conscious of them, uh, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of, I mean, if we go back to when thousands of years ago, the exchange of goods and services, right? When you barter with somebody, you know, I give you something, you give me something. That symbiotic relationship, it's mutually beneficial. That's what business is based on. But, you know, as we've kind of modernized and, and, and developed as, as a world, we've gotten really good at a lot yeah. of playing kind of the, the predictability games and the profitability games and, yeah. and how do we take advantage of opportunities. And you lose sight of some of that local community it's of like, I buy this and yeah. that feeds a person as well as you know serves me and that that symbiotic relationship can get lost in all the trappings of a big organization or corporation so yeah. i love that you know it, it kind of throws throws my mind back to you know when i used to live in a really small town and so you knew everybody and you knew that yeah. it was cheaper to go shop at the ace hardware in in grand ledge than it was to go to the, the store in my town but you went there because you knew got the guy bob who worked there that was his life like he was there to serve and he, he that's how he made a living and so it's just it's really awesome to see some of those you know i'd say principles that have proven to to live through the test of time they're still there and they've become more clear as we go through this that's what agile is about right removing those layers of abstraction and really getting down to a team of individuals that uh, have trust and, and trust is the belief that we all have the same goals and then have psychological safety. You know, I'm in a spot where I feel like I'm not going to be humiliated or denigrated or, or um, uh, well, personally humiliated um, for my own beliefs and contributions, right? It's a small group of individuals that really understand the connection they have on each other and understand how it serves their shared interest. And when you get that, you know, um, and, and people that are listening in on this podcast that have been on highly functional agile teams or highly functional teams also know um, it becomes so much more fulfilling. It's it's not like I have a two pizza box team, so I have eight people. It's not like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It totals eight. No, it's some some number that's orders of magnitude larger. It's a compounding sense of fulfillment and reward and, and energy that we all develop from it. Uh, and so it's, of course, you and I are going to view things through an agile lens, but I think that these rules really do apply because let's remove all of these 
um, these concepts that are kind of just a normal part of our society that it needs to survive and really get down to the the bare bones of it's it's you and me as people trying to get something done and it's a yeah all those other uh, mechanisms or constructs are, are secondary to that it's individuals and interactions right um, over negotiations let's just band together right. let's get on the same page and let's support each other and serve each other by learning together and you know having a common heart yeah that's really well said i think it's good you know we're going to come out of this stronger closer more empathetic with each other and there is light at the end of the tunnel you know there are there are countries opening back up and they're doing okay without having a second outbreak and so uh, we know that there is there's an there's an end to this um that the world will be different i think we'll come out um uh, better you know i mean obviously it's a tragedy where there's lots of loss of life um yeah. you know people losing their jobs and incomes and even homes will be lost it's going to be it's going to be a long time before things stabilize but um, you know, where we can, we got to look for those positive moments and those those kind of yeah. silver lining elements and say we can we can get better, we can grow and we can we shouldn't forget um, those core values that, that really matter, uh, you know, yeah. serving, serving others and working together to accomplish a goal to, to really. I think if I go back to Amway's mission, it's to help people live better, healthier lives. And it's it's, it's exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Inside of our teams, inside of Amway. And I think as a yeah, um, as mankind, right? Right now, yeah. we're we're really focused on living better lives. I think it's a great way to put it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tom, thank you so much for the time. Uh, any anything the, I didn't ask you that you'd like me to? Um, no, but I, I do want to just send one message to reiterate the message I had at the outset. If if you're listening to this, um, you know, I encourage you to care for others, be it in the workplace, be it in your agile teams, or in your personal life. I know we're all doing that. But there are a lot of people out there. I've got a lot of friends uh, that fortunately are not sick, but they would be in a high risk group. And we talk quite candidly about how that's leaving them feel. And and it's a tremendous sense of exposure. And so I think it's important um, to continue to reach out to those groups and let them know, hey, I've got your back. I'm in this with you. Um, I'll make the sacrifices where I can so you can also feel security. Right. And and that we as um, uh, species can kind of get through this and to your point come out in the best possible state that we could hope to out of this so uh, reach out to people care for them in the office and at home uh, and and know that we as an ato and amway as a company is um, uh, doing all that we can to continue to keep you in our thoughts and and make your lives uh, as, as safe and healthy as possible awesome well thank you tom appreciate the time and i look forward to talking to you again thanks kyle Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and share it with others. To learn more about Amway's Agile journey, follow the hashtag AmwayAgile on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And if you're an employee, do that and search Amway Agile forward slash in your browser.